have a couple things on my heart. I guess I got a message now. <laughs> we'll call it that. Uh, just a couple things on my heart I want to share. Um, I'm really just, I'm, I'm so... I'm really happy and I am fortunate to be a part of a faith that is able to change us. We are, we are able to be changed from the inside out. We don't stay the same. When you get saved, you don't stay the same. God doesn't leave you where you're at. He brings you through whatever it is you're going through, and he changes you along the way. If God left us the same, it just it wouldn't be good. So having said that, we're going to be in Ephesians 2, if you have your Bible, verse 8. And I need to find it myself. And the underlying theme is, is grace. Um, if it seems that I stray from that, that's okay. It kind of all ties together anyway. Um, and if it feels like I'm directing what I'm saying mostly towards the youth, I don't want anyone else to feel left out. This is for everybody. It's not just the youth. Um, but it's good to concentrate on our youth. They're, they're figuring things out. I'm still figuring things out. I mean, I'm not old, but <laughs> I'm still figuring a lot of things out, you know, I'm I'm working my way through college, and a lot of you guys, you're going to be out of high school coming in the summer, and new things are going to come. You know, Rachel's saying she's going to be going to college. A lot of you are going to be going to college, and things are going to be changing, and that's not a bad thing. Change is good. Like I said, God doesn't leave us where we're at. He has the mercy and the grace to push us forward into what he wants us to be, to mold us into what he wants us to be. So, grace, there's a... Growing up, I, I, I would always hear the word grace, but I never knew what it meant. I never understood grace, and I've only actually been able to start understanding it through revelation and the power of God over in the last maybe year, maybe. And so it's, it's still something that's kind of new to me, but I can at least share what I have. So when I was growing up, it's like you always hear these things. You hear that Jesus loves you, he died on the cross for you, and that you should accept him, you know, you don't want to go to hell. <laughs> so you should, you, you accept him, you take him as your savior so you can go to heaven. And that's kind of what we're taught growing up. And in, in the American church, that's a, that's a generalized thought, but that's kind of what we hear. And we hear these words like grace and saved and we're saved by grace through faith. And there's all these different things, but it can be confusing sometimes. And so growing up, I don't necessarily think it was bad teaching, you know, so to speak, but as much as I don't pay attention sometimes. It probably had a lot to do with it as well. Um, but I grew up and I never understood what a relationship with God was like. I, I knew God. He was, he was with me and he moved supernaturally in my, in my life in early on times in, in my teenage years and stuff like that. But I never understood what a relationship with God was like. And so I, I grew up with this mindset, and I feel like a lot of people have this mindset, it's a works-based mindset. We say it's not by works, and we, we have that thought, but we still kind of tailor our life towards a works-based mentality. Well, if we didn't do this, then we don't get this. If we don't have this, then we're not able to do this, and we, we have this works-based mentality, and it's not about what you can do because grace is a gift given by God. You cannot deserve it. So I, I grew up with that kind of mindset, and over time, 
it builds and you get to this place where you're just you're so confused and you don't know what's what and let me I want to share with you how God brought me out of that mindset how he he began to show me what grace was because I feel like a lot of people struggle with this we have I'll say it this way I never knew how works-based minded I was until I entered into grace and started understanding grace, and God started to show me things. And it's only through a relationship with God that this is possible. That's what he paid for. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have relationship with the Father. That is, that is the reason why he died. When you look at Adam and Eve, look at what they lost, and look at what we gain. Okay? He's bringing us back. He wants us to be in relationship with He's designed this thing to work through relationship and we try so hard sometimes to make it work through our works and what we do and we get confused and we don't understand why it's not working because it's not a work okay so grace let me give you a definition of grace there's two thoughts on grace grace that the definition of it is it is the undeserved favor of God on your life that's technically what it is but that's not what it does that's just what it is what it does is it's the transformation it's the transforming power of God it is the power of God on your behalf to make you look more like him okay that's what it does and if you don't enter into that there's no momentum there's no movement you're not growing into anything okay let me read Ephesians 2 For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That was 8 and 9. So, he's describing how we're saved. So, grace, we are saved by grace, through faith. You You release your faith to God. He comes alongside your faith and makes your faith your reality. Okay? Did you get that? It's how he changes us. He doesn't leave us where we're at. Okay? So you releasing your faith to God, he comes alongside what you're releasing and he releases the dispensation of his grace and that begins to change you. I don't know how it happens. It just happens. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about it. I can't explain the process that he goes through. Or what he, I just know I need to release my faith because it's not on my works. It's not of my own merit. Okay, so I want us to understand that this is a, this is a, a huge thing, or at least it was a huge thing for me when I first started learning it and everything. It, it is a relationship with God. It is communion with God. So when you release your faith to God, he comes alongside with grace. So the next question is, well, how do you release your faith to God? It's simple. It, is, it happens in the quiet place. When no one is around, when you are by yourself, when you're reading your Bible and it's just you and God or you're in the car, you, just, you start to speak to him. You say, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you're for me and not against me, Lord, that you sent your son to die for me, Father, that the blood of Christ covers me, Lord, that I've been entered into a new covenant, Lord, and that you've wanted me to be in your family from the beginning, God, and I thank you for what you've done in my life and my family. And you just begin to talk to him that way. 
And then over time, you, you do that. You, you, you don't sit there and you do it a couple times and then you say it doesn't work. It's not about it working. You do that and then God comes in and releases grace into your life. I can give you a good note, a good tip. There were a lot of times that I was by myself and it felt like I was just talking to thin air. Okay? There was plenty of times where if you'd have been in that room, you'd have thought I was probably crazy. Maybe I am. Or maybe I'm just right. Could be that. But there was a point, I can't explain it, there was a point in time where it changed, and all of a sudden I got excited to see God in that place. I got excited to carry the Bible into that room and just be me and him and nobody else. And I would just begin to pray and he would come alongside. And no longer did I read scripture and just read it to try to memorize it. I would be reading scripture and I'd have to hold back tears because this thing is so real to me. Your faith, releasing that to God, grace comes in and makes your faith your reality. When God is real, everything's changed. Okay? And it, it works through relationship because that's the way that God created it. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they didn't lose a philosophy. They didn't lose a doctrine. They lost relationship with the Father. There was a spiritual death, and he's bringing us back to the garden through the, through the cross and the blood of his son, and that, that's what he's bringing us back to. We didn't, we didn't lose philosophy. It's good to know it. It's good to, to know the Greek. I'm not saying any of that. That's okay. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You hear my heart. It's okay to know that stuff. But if that's all you have, then you have nothing. I don't read my Bible to memorize the words on the page. I read my Bible to know him. I tell people, don't, don't say you know a scripture until you've become what that scripture has said. Then you can say you know it. Are you hearing this? This is God. It's the word made flesh. You, you read the word of God, they become truths in your heart, and all of a sudden you're not reduced to trying to read this Bible to apply a bunch of principles to your life to make your life better. I'm reading in communion with the Father. I'm talking to Him. It's relationship. I'm working through things. He's with me. It's so easy to revert back into works and to, to walk outside of grace and to try and to do something. The fact that we try so hard should tell us that we're good people because we care. We're not a bunch of hypocrites that God doesn't care about. We care. That should at least say something. We're sincere. We're running after God. But I think we try too hard sometimes. One last thing. Let me read it. So for a long time when I was in high school, um, something that I had repeatedly done in my life is, and I think a lot of people do this, um, a lot of people are satisfied with trying to live the best life possible in Egypt 
because they're not determined to go to Canaan. And you can be satisfied with mediocrity. The fact that we have the ability to go to God anytime we want, the fact that we have the choice to say that I want to pursue God and we can have as much of him as we want also means we have the choice to not pursue him. And it's really easy to get caught up in the way things are and to get caught up in mediocrity and to say that, well, I'll just settle for this life because this is what I feel like I can achieve. And so many times we look at other people's experience and what other people have said and we limit ourselves on what's possible through God. But I am what I am by the grace of God. Okay? So if I could give you any advice to the, to the younger ones, and this is... This is something that has helped me tremendous, and I'm just giving it to you. The the simple truth, in summary, the simple truth is you get alone with God and see what happens. You might feel stupid at first. You might feel crazy or weird. You might feel like you're not talking to anybody. That's okay. I want to give one last example real quick of how this works. I feel like if I give this example, it'll, it'll make more sense. So there was a, there was a time in my, in my teenage years where I had a very supernatural experience with God, and it was over a long period of time. I can't remember how many years, but it was several years. And you know how we say things like we can feel God or we don't feel God, but we're not called to live by feelings. We're called to live by faith. Well, for a very long time, I don't know why this is. I don't know what happened. I I can't explain it. I just know that God did it. I just remember waking up for a period of time in my teenager years, and God was just with me. I could feel him. I didn't know how to explain it. It wasn't like I was on fire or anything like that, or, but it just I could feel God. I knew he was there. I had this confidence, and it was so amazing because I became aware of him throughout my whole day, and that will change how you live a little bit. <laughs> so, um, and it was, it was so supernatural because it didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter how I thought. He was just there. I, I, I don't know how to really give any more on it, but he was just there, and I just kind of became... That became the way it was. Until one day I woke up and I didn't feel him there anymore. It was weird. I was like, he's gone. What is, he just wasn't there. And I just thought, well, maybe it's a bad day. You know, I've had bad days before, just an off day or something like that. Well, that bad day turned into an off week. That off week turned into some months, turned into a couple years, actually. It was living in hell is what it felt like, hell on earth, because I, all of a sudden I could feel God, and it was so amazing, and all of a sudden he had gone. I didn't feel him no more, but I didn't have the concept that I'm not living sensual. I'm not living by my feelings. I didn't have the, any of those revelations that I have now, so what God did 
over that time period he, that I, I didn't feel him, he began to, to show me and to work into my heart through scriptures and through teachings. And I was being a steward of my own heart. And he, he was saying, listen, it's not about your feelings. I said I would be with you until the end of the age, even until the end of the age. I would not leave you. I'll always be there. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He started to give me these scriptures. And I started to put those truths in my heart. Why? Because it's truth that sets you free. Okay? Ministry is great, but if you minister to people without giving them truth, they'll be back. So God began to work those truths in me, and I just began to get alone with him, and I began to say things like, Father, I thank you that you're with me, Lord. I thank you that you'll never leave me nor forsake me, that you'll be with me even until the end of the age, Lord, that you said you would never leave me, God, and you were always present in my life, Lord. You live inside of me by the blood of Christ. You're in me, and I just began to speak those things to him, and after a while, I started to believe it. And now, I feel him. Some days, maybe I don't. Some days, maybe I do. But it's not hard. I just start talking to him. Faith does its thing. Grace comes in. I feel him. But he can give me that feeling because he knows I'm not relying on that feeling. Because if, if I don't get the feeling, oh well. He's more than a feeling. He's not just a feeling. We can't be so driven by our feelings and what we think is, is and isn't and all these other sensual things that we have in our life. He's not a feeling. He's so much more than that. So if, you, if you're in that place and you're speaking to him, you're in that quiet place and it feels like it's not working, don't get disheartened. Don't, don't give up. Don't just think it doesn't work for you. Okay? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. That was good. Um, Chris is going to come. Come on, Chris. I'd like to thank Kel for filling a lot of gaps in what I had to say. <laughs> um, uh, I, when I'd kind of gotten the prompting, I didn't know exactly what she wanted, so I kind of had to oh, weave some, through some ambiguity, kind of figure out what I was supposed to do. But um, today I was going through uh, Matthew 25, and uh, specifically 1 through 13, regarding the parable of the ten virgins or bridesmaids. And in that um, passage, the art, five that are wise and five that are foolish. And one of the key points in that, and I'm not going to take a lot of time, probably going to be about three minutes, maybe. Um, but one of the key points in that is preparation. So these girls go out there going to this party to celebrate this wedding, and they have these lamps with oil in them. Um, and it, something that struck me was thinking about um, how that's indicative of anointing, you know? Um, the, our relationship with God. He was talking so much about relationship. I thought about preparation. And um, in, the, in the, like the New King's James, it says trim their lamps. Like um, when, they're, uh, when they uh, wrote, well, they had all fallen asleep. I'll skip a lot of the story and just cut through the points. But uh, they trim their lamps uh, so that the wicks can continue burning. Uh, but in the um, New, um, New Living Translation, it translates as uh, prepare. And I think one of the key points is later on, uh, the foolish bridesmaids, they fail to have enough oil to continue on the journey. And so if they have to stop and go pursue a shop to get oil, 
and when they come to the party too late, they're not welcome in, um, you know, to God's presence. While the others who were wise, who had already prepared the oil, were able to go. Um, and one of the things that stuck out to me, stood out to me, is that I was thinking, we're relating that to relationship and preparation. And, uh, like, I, I thought of it originally as gifts or callings, which is a good way to put it, but the, the theme is grace. So you can interject grace, um, callings, gifts, they're all gifts of the Spirit. You know, grace is something that's given us by the Spirit of God. Is that, you know, our preparation, the time we take beforehand, is what allows us to walk in grace when we need to give it to someone else. You know, you know if, you, uh, if you just take your fill-in on Sunday, and you go out in the week, and some guy cuts you off, or says something really rude to you, or someone just cuts you down, are you going to be able to respond to grace to them? Do you have enough preparation or time given to God that you're able to give that out? Or you just have enough for yourself? Um, that's actually a funny bit. The, uh, the wise uh, bridesmaids or virgins had enough oil just for themselves, but their job is not to have enough Holy Spirit for you. It's enough for them to carry in their walk with God. Your walk with God is out of your own time with them, with God, the Holy Spirit. You could say them. But understand that whether you're preparing for your gifts or to walk in grace or whatever you do, you need to take time, prepare for it. It doesn't need to be something that you do last minute. Walking in grace is not merely every moment... Um, Says, jumping at the last second and expecting God to fill in the gaps. He does call you to do things where you are completely out of your mind and just fills that space for and gives grace. But there are many times where if you're not prepared, if you don't spend time with God, spend time with God, if you don't if you don't walk in that grace, you you won't uh, you won't be able to carry that grace as evenly or well. I I just want to emphasize um, wherever you are, take time, extra time, cut something out, and have that preparation time so you have enough oil that you can burn brightly wherever you go.